Here is our next diversity of options. Do you know that there's a connection between gin and bees? Now, obviously, there's a connection between gin and bees because gin is made of plants as well, and so bees are important. But uh, to try and find out exactly what the relationship between Inverosh gin and bees, we've got the founder and CEO of Inverosh gin on the line, Lorna Scott. Lorna, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you for having me as a guest. Lorna, I have to say, Inverash gin is probably one of my best gins, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the line, but I think that that golden-coloured one is particularly excellent. Tell our listeners what it's made from. Well, our gins obviously, um, you know, feature the key ingredients which is made from Feinboss. And for people who don't know what Feinboss is, it's the collective name that we use to, you know, describe this very unique biome at the southern tip of Africa, as also known as the Cape Floral Kingdom. And it's these plants that we feature in all of our gins, and they, they, they drive the, the key differentiation term, in terms of both flavor as well as, you know, obviously what it tastes like. So I'm interested in your relationship with bees. I mean, you're talking about solitary bees and the creation. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of what is essentially mm-hmm. described as a bee hotel. Uh, you have to tell us what I'm looking at. Actually, is it a bee hotel, and it what is, is the relationship between solitary bees and your gin? Well, first of all, I think another interesting thing you seem to be educating your your listeners. So let let me help you. They educate us all the time. It's not just it goes. It's a complete perfect circle. I promise. <laughs> and it, it goes to the heart of a perfect circle. Is at the basis of what we do as well. And the the bees really is most fascinating part of this um, of all of our biomes. But what very few people know is that they're not only honeybees. They're also solitary bees. And the majority, in fact, I think of about the ten odd species in South Africa that are honeybees. There are more than a thousand species that are solitary bees. And they are predominantly responsible for pollinating virtually everything that you eat that is grown, um, you know, that, that requires bees' involvement. So I think it's about a third of the world's crops globally, you know, that um, are pollinated by solitary bees. So they are an incredibly important component, um, not just for us, because it's the same god that we use, and the same god relies predominantly again, yet again, on the solitary bees but for everybody. So if the title is solitary bees, are these bees that operate on their little lonesome or do they operate as a crew as um, honeybees do? No, they don't live in hives. Basically all of the um, solitary bees are um, essentially, they live alone, they're no queen bees. So they're single moms that, you know, go out and find little crevices in usually in trees and so on to, um, to nest. Yeah. After they feed it and they lay their eggs and they care for their little larvae until they hatch. And until, and in fact, now is exactly the time when they started to, to mate and to find places to, to nest. And you know, that, that's the whole point of all of this, that we've destroyed the habitat, the natural habitat, to such a large extent that we are obliged to you know, start looking after them and creating alternative places for them to nest and be safe and hence the, the idea behind creating little bee hotels if you can so, put in your garden. 
I'm getting myself a bee hotel. I love it. So wait. So when we talk about solitary bees, I understand they don't sting, and as you've said, they don't produce honey, but yet no. they are pollinators, um, and they they are critical to the world of um, pollination of our mm-hmm. plants. You are now going to create these bee hotels. Describe the bee hotel to our listeners, because I'm looking at one and it's very cute. Yes, I've got one actually sitting on my desk here, and I've got another one just peeping outside of my window, sitting against my wall. Yeah. And they started. They started to to move in. Um, it's unfortunate I don't have a, a sound bite for you like you had with that frog. <laughs> hovering outside the window but you know to describe it is it's literally the shape of our we've, we've worked with hope Lander, which is a company yes. that uses sustainable furniture and uses invasive avian species as well as with um siobhan she's um uh, siobhan reynolds is a researcher and she's helped us you know to understand the bees so we've designed this around our, our current packaging to fit a bottle of gin inside this little bee hotel yeah. and when you and and it's it's a it's a most beautiful little it's a hotel it's got a little roof and it's got sides to it and all you do is you buy your bottle of gin and then you just slide open the front of this this little hotel and you take your bottle of gin out and then you simply just Put them together. It's really easy. It's all easily. It's like you know. It's better than IKEA furniture. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> no, IKEA furniture is impossible to put together. It's I the most know. difficult it's thing in the world. This is made for people like me, you know. So you literally just take it apart and then put it back together again. It just squishes together with little dowling bits, and it's got a little hole at the back. And all you need to do is get a hammer and a nail, and you know, put a, a nail in a wall somewhere in your garden and people shouldn't be afraid to do this because almost none of the the solitary bees have any defensive mechanism so they don't sting they're not mm. like they have to protect you know their their their, um, their nectar and their food so you safe to put that up in your garden and to observe this whole incredible cycle of life unfolding in front of you you know just put it up and invite the guests to come and they, they'll be doing that now time. I mean do you have to put something in there to attract them in or do they will they no. just find it no they'll just find it because they were created you know this is where the you know the experts came into the the, the, the story with a different size of holes because they're so extraordinarily diverse tiny little bees big fat bees with great big fat bums you know it will find the little holes because this is a natural, um, they gravitate towards places of safety. Within about two to three weeks, if you put it up, and I think it was Walt Disney who said, if you, you know, if you make it, um, they will come and they will. So that's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else, just put it up in a safe place in your garden. Well, you don't have to uh, say for sure that you didn't get the sound effect because here we go. We actually have them <laughs> for you. The sound of bees buzzing I'm... away and uh, maybe taking place, uh, going to that little hotel room. Lorna, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Lorna Scott is the founder and CEO of Inverosh Gin. And uh, we're looking at the relationship between gin and... Okay, we're being silly, I know, but it's kind of fun. Admit it.
It's 9.21, you with SFM 104 to 107.